It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. So it's an unusual week of Daily Thunder. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Today is going to just be me. I know it's rather boring uh, when we're used to having at least two of us in the the studio. Uh, But uh, Nathan's traveling and speaking. We're getting set up for a new semester. We're transitioning Daily Thunder to the stage next week. So we felt like this is probably the easiest way for us to sort of keep the momentum going. At the same time, have some fun doing it. Uh, What we've done over this past season, for those of you that have been following Daily Thunder, is I will give a sermon on Sunday and then we'll unpack it during the week. And we're going to continue doing that this week. Uh, Yesterday's message was a significant one in my life. Uh, Of course, yeah, yeah, it's they're probably all significant in my life. Otherwise, I probably shouldn't be preaching them. But this was, I don't know, I just feel like this is a a season of my life that God is taking me through. And this is a key theme in an entire season. It's not just a key truth for today, but it's a key truth for an entire dimension of my life that God is opening up. And I named it the end of ox carts, which makes sense if you hear the message. It just sort of sounds artistic if you haven't heard the message. But uh, there's a story in First Chronicles uh, about Uh, David's desire and design to do a good thing. He wants to bring the Ark of Covenant to Jerusalem. He wants to bring it home, if you will. He wants to bring it where it belongs. And this is a good desire. And many of us have a similar type of desire in our life. We want the real thing. We want Christianity as it ought to be. We want the gusto of God in us. And yet he is going to consult the captains and he is going to do what is pleasing in the eyes of the people and to do this right thing. In other words, he has the right desire, but he's going to do it the wrong way. He's going to do it in a human way. And if you remember the story of Ishmael and Isaac, you have a similar dynamic. Abraham is promised a child, but he is going to go after that child and in producing a child the wrong way. And that's going to create Ishmael instead of Isaac, which is the supernaturally born child. And the same is true in this story. We have a similar parallel where David is first going to go after the the ark and he's going to stick it on an ox cart. And he's going to, you know, have these two attendants with it. One of them we know his name is Uzzah. And uh, at a certain point in, in the journey, as they're singing and praising God, everything about the situation looks right, except for there's something wrong in this. This isn't God's pattern for carrying the ark, which he has clearly prescribed in his word. And so as a result, when the oxen stumble and the cart uh, begins to tip, Uzzah sticks his hand on the side of the ark and is immediately struck dead. It's like, how dare he touch the ark of God? He's not one of the consecrated, purified priests. David, what were you thinking? Well, it's the same thing many of us think. We go about doing the work of God, but we do it the way we think makes sense. We do the way the culture prescribes. Like, well, the culture's sensitive on this point. The culture doesn't want to hear it this way. So we package it in such a way that would be pleasing to a culture instead of the way that God says, Eric, I need you to do it this way. Or you could stick your own name in there. And so... The name of this particular uh, podcast, it's a long one, so hopefully I get it right. Who's going to play Uzzah in the story? Who gets to play Uzzah in the story? Uzzah 
is sort of, he feels like a victim in the story. The poor guy. I mean, he's commanded by the king to do this job. He does it well. And who's not going to stick their hand out to stabilize the ark if it's tipping? And yet Uz is going down and Uz's name means strength. And it's just a fascinating symbol, uh, too, that uh, David is going to lose strength. Israel is going to lose strength in this process of attempting to do that which is right because they're going to do that which is right wrong. And my sister once said the statement, in fact, it sort of reminds me, we probably even said this last week when Nathan and I were here in the studio, but uh, my sister's quote to me that has been deeply resonant throughout uh, my Christian life is uh, that you can do, uh, you can speak that which is true, but if you don't speak that which is true the way Jesus would speak it, you actually can do harm with the truth. That's just an odd statement when you first hear it. It's like, what? But truth is truth. Yeah, but truth is a person. So if you ever take the data of truth and separate it from the person of truth and you only give the data, but you lose the person, which is marked by a certain love and kindness and mercy and care, and you separate it out and you don't deliver that truth the way that the person would deliver it, you actually end up with something harmful. And that's as strange as of a thought as that is, that's exactly what we see in this story. We see David doing the right thing, but the wrong way. And so for me, the the theme I want to draw out of that, because that's what we're going to be building on throughout this week. So uh, tomorrow's Daily Thunder, Leslie is going to come in and do sort of a talking head type of a delivery, just like I'm doing here. And then I'm going to come back in. I think I, I do a Thursday one, and then Leslie's going to do a Friday. So we're going to miss a, a Wednesday. Sorry about that, guys. But we're just trying to patchwork uh, this week together. We got a lot going on. Exciting week with students showing up. So we're just like thrilled. And I'm starting a new series. Sorry to get di- uh, diverted here. Here, but I'm starting a new series next week, and I am whew, uh, excited about it. I'm about as excited as I was for the World War II series last year. So for those of you that remember the World War II series, this is sort of in that vein, just very different. It's going to be spiritual lessons from the life of Alfred the Great. Uh, and uh, for most of us, we don't spend a lot of time on someone like Alfred the Great, and yet the times in which he lived were such a profound parallel with what we are going through right now. The invasion of evil. And in those days, it was the Vikings. In our days, it's ideology. And so to recognize how does one stand up against this? And what is our model? What is our method? Well, Alfred the Great's a picture of it, but what we want to go back to is the scriptures. What does God say about this? And so we're going to use that as a template historically, but we're going to actually get back to the word of God on that. I think it's going to be extremely profound. And then Nathan is going to, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, be going through a series as well called The Christian Mind. So I think it's going to be a really fun season for us over the next seven weeks after this week. Uh, we're going to unpack that. And I think we're just excited for the, the change. We've loved this season in the studio, but we love having the live audience and just being there with the people. So that's going to be fun. Uh, well, let's dig into this thought. Who gets to play Uza in the story? Uzzah is going to be, the loss of Uzzah, I should say, the death of Uzzah is going to sound an alarm in uh, Judah to, uh, to David, his own soul. He's going to be awakened. He's going to recognize he did something incorrectly. He, cons- he was doing the right thing, but he consulted the captains. In a sense, he catered to the people instead of doing what God had already prescribed. 
And so what you're going to see unfold in the story is an awakening. It's like a, a reviving of David returning to inquire of the Lord. And so as a result, as the story progresses, you're going to see David being attacked by the Philistines. And instead of inquiring and consulting with the captains, he's going to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord is going to communicate to him of how to deal with the Philistines. And then the Philistines are going to attack again, and he's going to inquire of the Lord. And in so doing, you're going to see a solution begin to come out as he inquires of God. He begins to recognize that there is a pattern for carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And so his desire is correct, but he needs to be awakened. Well, what awakens him? The death of Uzzah. In many of our lives, we have a loss of an Uzzah, the loss of strength where we're hit with something, whether it's a financial depletion, whether it's a physical depletion, something happens in our life where we lose strength. And at first, it's a very negative feeling (laughs) to have anything like this happen. However, God will oftentimes walk us through a season like this to recalibrate us, to reset us, because we've gotten off. We've, we've begun to build our life around ourselves instead of around him and his word. And so as a result, a depletion or a loss of strength awakens us afresh, and it causes us to recalibrate and reset around the right priorities. Okay, God, I think there's something wrong in the way I'm doing this. And so his Holy Spirit is able to use that. And so like when I say who gets to play Uzzah in the story, none of us really want that role to be the one that has to die so that someone else could be awakened. At the same time, that is what's going to happen all throughout history. I mean, even the death of martyrs is oftentimes an awakening for the church of Jesus Christ. The death of of Jesus himself was an awakening uh, for the church. And so who gets to play Uzzah in the story? For Leslie and I, we have a very intimate story along these lines with a miscarriage in our life. And this is, uh, what was that? Uh, Harper is 14. And so it was probably right around, I don't know, 15 years ago, 14 and a half years ago. I'm, I'm guessing, but maybe 15 years ago, 14 and a half, somewhere in there. And uh, we had a miscarriage. And any of you that have ever walked through that, and some of you I know have walked through multiple, we've only walked through one, but wow, one is sufficient uh, to stir you up. I mean, it is a hard thing to walk through, uh, a vulnerable life that you begin to bond with immediately. As a parent, it doesn't take any time to bond with the fact that you are pregnant and you have a child and that child is real. It's a very, very precious experience to walk through. But then to lose a child is is jarring. It is a, a shocking thing to the soul. And for Leslie and I, this miscarriage actually has proven to be one of the most important things in our life. It is a real loss, and it was a very painful loss. And I remember in the very beginning of it, I tried to muster what we call the stiff upper lip. So I remember Leslie was really traumatized by this, and so was I, but I wanted to behave as a strong Christian. That was the way I I thought of it. And so I was like, hey, let's just praise God. Let's just thank God. He's in control, and uh, and this is obviously in his hand and and through his hand. And so let's just respond with praise which is a good response, right? But there's actually more to it. And God actually had to correct me on this and say, Eric, this is a real life. And I have tears for this life. And if you don't have tears for this life, then my heart is not being expressed in this earth. My, my, the revelation of my heart and my care for the unborn, for the weak and the vulnerable is not being expressed. 
And I, I remember being so shocked that I didn't see that and to recognize that that God has a heart and a burden for the weak and the vulnerable. And something through this loss, this Uzzah-like loss, where Leslie and I have been serving Jesus for years. We were in ministry. We're doing the right things, but we started to do the right things the wrong way. And so for us traveling and doing ministry, for instance, we begin to do it. It's like, well, how many people are going to be there? Well, how many book sales can we do? Okay, is this worth it? We started to evaluate ministry the wrong way. And God is going to touch that in this time. We begin to take our weakness, you know, when we would be physically weak after travel and we were traveling all the time and we would just want to go brain dead. And so we would just zone in front of a movie and we were taking our weakness and handling it in the wrong way. Instead of going to the throne room of grace to receive grace for help in time of need, we were going to Hollywood, if you will. And we were going to the entertainment culture to actually be built back up. And so we begin to develop bad patterns for doing right things. Well, what are we doing with our life. Well, we're sharing Jesus. Well, why would that be wrong? But in this time, this loss of Uzzah, it was very, very significant for us. You know, there's a lot of ways you could look at it. Is it our fault that the baby died? And that's that's a dangerous uh, thing to know how to tread upon. Here's what Leslie and I would say. God awakened us through this, and he did show us that our life was not as it should be. And so in this time period, God is going to take us through, we could call a mini revival, where we are going to be stirred afresh to the word of God and say, God, show us, are there breaches in our life? A breach is sort of a a funny word for modern English. But if you have a walled city, uh, a breach is going to be like a hole in the wall. So if you're the enemy, you're not going to try and uh, ram the gate. If there's a hole in the wall, you're going to go through the hole in the wall. So we began to realize that we had holes in our wall. And as a result, the enemy was gaining access to our life and hampering our life and hindering our life and was actually creating hazards for our life. And we needed to close those breaches. So we had a whole stretch of time where we laid our lives before God in prayer. And we said, God, show us the places where we have holes in the wall. And we wrote front page and back page uh, of all these different things that we felt were openings in our life that the Holy Spirit was showing us. And we began, we, we called it our sacred list. And we began to say, God, like in the book of Nehemiah, we want to see these walls rebuilt. Lord, something has been broken down on our watch. This is our responsibility. You have taught us the truth, but we, we have left our first love. We have lost that clarity of sight of what it means to follow you with integrity. Lord, correct this. And, you know, for us, we would be like, well, we're so much more integrous than the world around us. Look at it. And even the other church leaders, like, we're God, we're, we're watching movies, but they're at least good movies. You see, that type of justification is not actually what helps us. What David needed was to be cut to the heart and to recognize that he had consulted the wrong thing. And he had actually, his even his method for bringing the ark was a worldly method. That's how the Philistines carried their sacred relics. They carried them on ox carts. So what are you doing, David? You don't go to the world to model how you serve Jesus. You go to his word. And so for all of us, if you're in a season where maybe an Uzzah has been struck, you've lost strength, you're wobbly need because maybe financially, maybe physically, maybe there's just something in your life that has been shaken. Allow the spirit of God to leverage that, to leverage it unto a new season of strength. So what happened for us? You know that 
Harper's adoption is going to flow out of this. And so we are going to be so stirred for the weak and the least and those in the, in the womb that are unborn, that the world doesn't care about, that the parents aren't crying about. And we're going to say, God, give us a heart for that, for what is on your heart. And we're going to start going after the orphans. We're going to end up adopting Harper. And so she is actually, the story is profound. She is actually going to come home from the hospital almost on the exact due date of our original child that was uh, miscarried. And so we're going to see God turn what the enemy would have even meant for evil into a profound picture of God's grace and his salvation, his redemptive love. And of course, that's going to lead to Kipling, who's another adoption, which is going to lead to Reese and Lily, who are another adoption from Haiti. Wow. My life has been transformed because God utilized the loss of an Uzzah to awaken and stir my soul to his way, his pattern. And he has calibrated me and recalibrated me multiple times through things like this so that I can think his thoughts. I can live the way he would live. And it has so uh, impacted my life. And so I want to encourage you that even in those challenging, darker moments, God can leverage it in such a beautiful way to showcase his strength. God's blessings. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.